This is the One Step Better Podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike, and with me this week is our good friend, Greg. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Greg, uh, as you guys probably already know, if you've listened to this before, Greg leads a lot of our HR efforts, um, people, solutions, variety of items uh, internally here for Patrick Accounting and Works, but they, but Greg also leads all of our external client-facing HR stuff. What that means is essentially Greg is an expert in all things related to HR, uh, people, um, he's a master of all things. So that's your, and we'll put that on your bio, master of all things, Greg. Master of all things. Uh, it'll be great. So. Greg, to get started here, we got to always start with something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. So what is one rule that your parents had that you just simply didn't follow? Um, I feel like there should be something that says, oh, yeah, I was a rebel. I, I wasn't. Were you a rule follower? I was a rule follower. Yeah. I really was. Um, maybe because so I had two older brothers who showed me what happens if you don't follow <laughs> they the They were rule. so much not the rule followers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, the black sheep, the middle child. He really like lived up to that title. Um, I knew, hey, you don't smoke, you know, growing up. You don't do this growing. Up. I mean, I just, I just knew that um, because. So if we were to ask hand. your parents, hey, what is something that Greg always broke the rules on? They would be like, he is the angel child, um, perfect in every way, I, master of everything. I talked too much in school, and so that uh, was, yeah. you know, so, I mean, you could get good grades, but if you... Did you get good grades in school? I got okay grades in school. Uh, good enough? Good enough, yeah. The rule that my parents had, it was a consistent rule that was out the window anytime that I was with my friends, was don't go in the ditch. So where my parents live, maybe just maybe two blocks down the road, there is a large ditch that is running through the neighborhood. And as a boy growing up that ditch was an like infinite playground of fun there were frogs and tadpoles and crawfish and rocks to throw and water to jump in and it was just a fun place and my parents rules where you don't go into the ditch and whenever my friends and i get together we like to go play in the ditch uh and i just i like you know luckily never there wasn't ever anything bad or super bad, I guess. Uh, I did uh, cut my arm to the point I had to get stitches um, in the ditch. But um, other than that, you know, there wasn't really any anything. I think their their fear was that we were going to fall in the water, and it was it was a ditch that only if there was heavy rain would even have water in it. But it, I don't know what their fear. It was maybe they were going to fall in and drown or something like that. But there was very rarely ever water in the ditch enough to where you could actually fall in and drown. Broken glass. Um, broken glass. That's how, exactly how I <laughs> cut my arm. <laughs> my friend was going to throw a piece of glass, and I came running by too close and cut my elbow straight up. Uh, so broken glass was My there. parents <laughs> still live in the house that I grew up in. Yeah. And that side of the street is lined with ditches. And so we definitely had a ditch in our front yard. And it's fun. Up. And so the older you get, the older you, well, the older you got, um, you stopped playing in the ditch, and then you started to think that you could jump over the ditch. Oh wow! Yeah, this is not a ditch you could jump over. This was a ditch that had like a bridge over it. Oh wow! Yeah, this was like it was probably twenty feet wide, um, maybe ten, fifteen feet deep. 
Um, and oh, so it was, this was a, a, this yeah. was a big ditch. Yeah, that's a yeah. big ditch. And I think it was maybe, it was probably just the size of it all that my parents were like, you know what, probably shouldn't go play in the ditch. Yeah. But, I mean, I tell you, that's where I caught my first crawfish, and we would play with tadpoles, and every once in a while you would actually see a real fish in that joker. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just a fun place, but weren't allowed to play in it. Uh, you know, and I think that, like many people, there are certain rules in life that you look at and you say, you know what, this is one that I'm going to follow, or this is one that I'm going to do my own thing on. Uh, and one of those rules, especially in it, as it relates to business, is the rules around having people that work for you that's classified as an employee versus being classified as an independent contractor. Um, just to set up this conversation, you'll over the course of our talk, you'll hear consistently um, some interchangeable terms. So when we talk about a W-2 employee um, or even a lot of times a worker, that's typically going to mean that's, a, that's an employee. W-2 employee, that's a person that receives a W-2 at year end. It's a tax status that says that, um, you know, taxes are being withheld and remitted by the employer over the course of employment. Uh, another term that you're going to hear is a contractor or 1099. Um, and that is a person that has a very different relationship with an organization. So we're going to get into the weeds a little bit. It's going to get a little bit technical. But the reason for this is because in our world, in helping small businesses, um, over and over and over again, this is a very, very common question that comes up. And the, the question typically goes to something like this. Hey, Mike, I am looking to bring on this new person into the company, and they're going to do something that's a little bit unique or different than everybody else does. Can I pay this person as a 1099 or can I pay this person as an independent contractor? Um, and that is a question we get month probably every single month from somebody somewhere somehow. And so it would be a good idea to talk about it because the question is not a question that you just simply get to decide or answer on. One of the most commonly misunderstood facts about uh, categorizing people that work for you is that you don't really get to make that decision. I can't say I'm going to hire Greg and classify him as a 1099 worker. Um, and I also can't say I'm going to hire Greg and classify him as an employee. It is not my decision to make. Why is it not my decision to make, Greg? Well, because there's a lot of different things that come into that, that discussion. And so the DOL <laughs> tells you a lot about, hey, this is what you must consider and must ask the question about your potential employee or potential contractor, as well as the IRS. The IRS cares, cares about this because of what you alluded to in the beginning was tax status. I don't get to make the decision because the Department of Labor and the IRS, the powers that be, actually have very strict rules around what can or cannot be done as it relates to uh, uh, a person coming on board and being classified right. in as a certain way. And if you get the IRS thing wrong, it's tax fraud, and we don't want to go down that path. Potentially, yeah, yeah. potentially. Um, so if you were to get the question, hey, I, I, I have a new person that's coming on board, and I need to understand better how to – or what, what should I do? What are your steps to actually help a person think through or talk through how they should classify that new person? Yeah, I mean, you, go, you can go on the DOL website. And there's a question that says, hey, I, I need you to ask these particular questions to figure out, do you control their, their amount of work, when they work, how they work? Do you control their training? Those are some questions that has to be just gone through. And so the, the initial conversation is, great, tell me about what they're going to do. And just have an open dialogue to figure out, okay, at the end of the time that we talk, eh, you can pretty much tell one way or another, hey, that person should be a W-2 
or that person should be a 1099. What are some of those questions that are going to get answered in that process? Contractor, right? So I'm hiring a contractor. My first question is, great, do you control when they work? If the answer is yes, well, then they're no longer a contractor. <laughs> yeah. So. so I can't control when my contractors are actually showing up to do a job. That's right. So if I'm going to put them on a schedule, I cannot classify them as a contractor. What's another thing? Um, do, do I have control of their day-to-day stuff? So is that like I can tell them how to do their job? Right. Like what they're actually doing, how to do it. How to do it. You have to come in for a staff meeting. You have to come in to do this, right? If I control their time, they're no longer a contractor. They're an employee. So if I want to show a person how to do their job, then I can't. Then at that point, that person is becoming an employee Correct. because I'm training them, teaching them, developing them right. on how to do the work. A contractor has to be independent, independent of my control. Right. Gotcha. What about, um, the, my, I think my favorite one is the tools, like the equipment. Right. How does that work? So if I supply you with tools, equipment, whatever it is, for you to do the job that I hired you to do, you are no longer a contractor. You have to bring your own expertise, your own tools, your own equipment to the job site for you to stay as a contractor. Yep. Those are pretty, those are the, the pretty kind of cut and dry, hey, yes or no, and we know really right off the bat, hey, this is what they should be. It can get more complicated than that. But for the sake of our time together, I want to give a couple of very clear um, examples. So let's say that I'm going to come cut your grass. And I'm going to bring my lawnmower. You tell me, hey, Mike, I need you to cut my grass. The outcome is my grass is cut. We needed maybe the grass clippings are bagged or blown away, whatever it is. Apart from that, I'm bringing the lawnmower. I'm putting gas in the lawnmower. I'm going to do this whenever I have availability. So it may be this week, it may be Tuesday. The next week, it may be Thursday. The other week, it may be Wednesday. It's not a set schedule. Right. Those are pretty clear understanding that, hey, you're not going to give me a W-2 at your end saying that I'm an employee because you're controlling the outcome. And I think that's a a clear example that people can understand. Yes. And we can even tell you, hey, you must cut it this week. Right. And that's okay. Right. So weekly, you're going to cut my grass. That's fine. Um, where it gets a little bit more murky, let's say um, that I am an electrical contractor and I know that I need people that's in the field doing the electrical work. There's a couple of ways that I, that I could structure that, right? I can say, hey, Greg, you're going to come do, I need this house wired. Here's all the equipment that you need to do that job. Here's when you're going to do it. Here's how you're going to do it. And if you need help with it, I'll show you how to do it. Um, I can't then just say, all right, that person's going to get a 1099 and I'm going to not withhold taxes. I'm going to treat them separately, right? Correct. But at the same time is, hey, I have this job. I'm overbooked. I need your help. I need you to go wire that house over there. I need it done, let's say, in three months from now. Right. At that point, I can treat you differently. Right. It's It's a different relationship that's based on rules that you, don't, as the employer, don't get to set. It's based on the rules that the powers that be, the typically Department of Labor and IRS is stating, and you have to follow their rules. There are some industries in which this is easier to see. It's easier to observe and see, hey, you know what? My example, electrical contractor, that you know, that's pretty clear. If you're cutting my grass, that's pretty clear. If you're building my house, that's pretty clear. Um, but there are other industries that it gets a little bit wonky in, right? Uh, one of the industries that we do a lot of work in, especially on the HR space, is in home care, home health, whether that's skilled, non-skilled, uh, medical, non-medical um, work. 
What are some of the things that you're seeing in that space that really makes, that kind of murkies the water? Well, it's tough because the employer is going out and getting someone to do a shift. And the agency that they contract with to go get that person has a signed, you know, independent contract yeah. agreement. Hey, you are now an independent contractor just signed it on the dotted line. That doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that's where it gets murky is, well, this is an official statement, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, it looks legit. You've told it's, me I'm a, I'm I, a contractor. I, you know, I, I'll even invoice you. You're, yeah. I mean, what do I need? No, that doesn't matter because that isn't one of the rules that the DOL and IRS talk about. Yeah. And so that's where it gets murky is, well, I thought I was. Everybody told me I was. No. Yeah. Sorry, you're we not. We see that from time to time where it's, hey, I'm the employer. I, I want to categorize you as a contractor. You're the person that I want to do the work, and you say I'm okay being, you know, uh, categorized as a contractor, and that's not good enough. That's right. <laughs> Both you and I can be in agreement that this is how we're going to do this, and yet it's still not good enough. Right. Because why? Because there's always that situation where that employee-employer relationship gets sideways. Yeah. And then that's when it comes out. On the employer side, what I have to think about is we have agreed on this, and we're good today. But three months, six months, six years from now, you and I may have a disagreement in which you hold all the cards here. Because all you have to do then is say, hey, Mr. You know, plaintiff's attorney, I have an issue. My employer is not treating me fairly, and DOL gets involved. And the hard part about when DOL gets involved is that they are unlike any uh, – their laws are unlike any court in the land. The You're not – Innocent until proven guilty. No. You are guilty into, until proven innocent. It's a different burden of proof. Yeah, they'll um, ask the employee or contractor, hey, hey how many hours this? did you work yeah. this week? Yeah. So what tools did you use to do your job? Did right. you bring those? Did you have to follow a schedule? And what those typically turn into and why this is super important for employers to understand is it's one thing when Greg sues me, but that's never how this plays out. Greg sues me. Greg's attorney then goes and talks to everybody in my organization, and most of the time this turns into a class action. So where we have now a group of employees that are saying the same thing. Right. And that's the risk that an employer runs when they're not thinking about these things favorably or, or probably they're not thinking about these things correctly. Right. And then what kind of exacerbates that whole process is if the employer has already been warned in the past – hey, you're not doing this the right way. Yeah. And they stick their head in the sand and think, um, never mind, no one's, no one's going to look at me again. And that's when you have willful disobedience, and that's when you have punitive damages. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, we've dealt with a couple of these cases from people that decided to do things incorrectly, and now they're needing some help figuring it out. And uh, I've seen a couple of settlements on lawsuits that were you start to get into the punitive and the damage side of things and you can basically double the loss so if i should have paid somebody and had a tax burden that's let's call it 100 grand in, in the class that is suing me those are typically going to get settled out for 2x at least that's before it gets ridiculous. fees before yeah. attorney 
I mean, it is. This is super important to get right. We oftentimes see that it wasn't thought about, right. that it didn't get any attention. It didn't get bad attention. It wasn't done, like you mentioned, you know, willful neglect or fraud. It's not that people are have you know, malintent and, and they're trying to do things incorrect. It's that they haven't actually thought about it. They've never taken the time to say, what do my people do? How do they do it? What's my role in right. that? Am I actually doing this correctly? We've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I bought the agency and I was trained to do this. This is how they were this doing it. This is how they did it before I bought it, right? Yeah. I mean, and I would say there are certain, you know, there's certain probably industries, roles that you don't have to give too much thought about this. You know, yeah. if 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 you're a restaurant, you hire a server, like there's no reason, there's there's no way you're gonna get that person classified as an independent contractor. No way. And you already know that. And so yeah, you don't need to spend Hey, I'm hiring a new person in this new role, so maybe I yeah. need to spend an hour thinking. No, don't do that. It's that's pretty established. However, we have brought on clients before that were in the restaurant space that did do it incorrectly. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Um, now that the, there's some litigation pending on the gig economy and all that, so be you know be aware that there's some stuff. The, it, well, the states are taking a, a more yeah. active approach on this and, and saying. Yes, the federal government says this, but guess what? The state is going to say this. Our, yeah, our state's going to do a little bit differently. We see that often in in some of the more, um, yeah, what's active. the right word? Active, yeah, progressive. We'll say maybe states that say like, hey, you know what? I know that you drive for Uber, um, but we're still going to treat you as an employee anyway. Right. Um, so we see some of that stuff. And this is a hot button topic right now, especially out of COVID, uh, where that gig economy um, stuff started to flourish a lot more. And now states are a little bit more intrigued. And I think of it, you know, it's from the standpoint of how can I get my tax dollars the quickest um, is really where they're coming at it from. Uh, but there is a lot of movement here. And so just because the federal rules say one thing doesn't mean that your your state follows the same exact right. uh, regulations. Google is not your friend, right? You got to make sure that you understand exactly the question that you're asking to get that answer. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, the, the one thing I would say about um, DOL and IRS in this is that they ha- there's a lot of case law in the books uh, in, this, in this world to be able, and they've done a good job of explaining and putting some resources out that, hey, you know what, walk through this checklist type of stuff, and it kind of spits out, here's your answer, yeah, whether or not this person should do. The big thing there is anytime, uh, the way I think about it is the takeaway here is you have a list of jobs in your organization. Every one of those jobs need to, needs to have some type of documented backup that says, this is the duties of that job, and based on that, this is the classification that we have. And anytime you add a new role, that's a different job, think of it, you can even be as granular as job titles, right? Anytime that we're gonna add a new job title, a new function in our organization, we have to go through the exercise to document whether or not that role, the is independent contractor right. or W2. Right. Yep. And most of the time you're going to find that that exercise, anytime you add a new role is a pretty quick one because you already have some, some stuff in place to be able to, to leverage there. Um, but every once in a while, you're going to come up to that question of this one's difficult. And so make sure you're following the actual guidance put out by the powers that be our great old government that says, this is what you can or can't yeah. do as, as well as your state. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fair enough. So I'm curious to know, do you have any horror stories where you've seen people doing things incorrectly um, out of ignorance or they were just wanting to maybe skirt the line a little bit 
uh, at all. Obviously, without naming names or yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike Schaefer at Patrick Accounting well, and Works decided no. Like you were talking about before, we we know of a restaurant. Yeah. Who thought that it was a good idea to make their dishwasher ten ninety nine? That's. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't understand. You can't do that. Can you bring your dishwasher with you? Like, I'm not, yeah. I don't understand how you could yeah. do that. Those are those are always the fun ones, especially in the HR space, where you start to see some things. And I, you know, I think it's important to reiterate. Um, most of the time, when we see this, it is ignorance. It's right. I just didn't know better. Yeah, uh, and that's really the problem that we want to solve is the. Let's make sure that next time you know better. We want to, we want to make sure that you understand. Uh, so a quick recap. These are rules that are set by regulatory authorities in our country, whether on the federal or state level. Typically, we're talking about Department of Labor and IRS. Those rules are very clear. Very They're clear. very plain. They're not gray. It is a very black and white type of circumstance. And every role in your organization has to have been put to the ringer of those rules that has an, a clear outcome that says this is why, this is the substantiation of why I can categorize people that are in this role. Right. It is not your opinion. It is not your desire. It is not your wish. It is not even your agreement with the person that you're bringing on of how you're going to categorize them. Right. It is solely, 100% only, based on what the DOL, the IRS, the regulatory authorities right. say you can do. And if the answers to the questions are more yes than no, then they're going to actually come back and actually kind of dive that into you a little bit more. So, you know, if there's five questions and three are yes and two are no, and so you're just like, yep, they're an independent contractor, they're going to really dive into why you thought three were yes yeah. and two were no. Yeah, they're, yeah under audit, they're, this is something that they dig into pretty hard. And they'll actually interview your people on what do you do? Like, right. I know what this is what you say you do. But talk to me about what you actually do. And so it can get pretty uh, pretty ugly pretty quick. Right. So something that you absolutely it, want to get right. Same thing about can you make someone salary versus hourly as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, there's a whole other test with that too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's all within the spectrum of an employee. So once you do have an employee, the other thing that you have to think through is how am I going to pay that person? And again, anytime – I mean, I think about it like this. Anytime you're dealing with people, employees in your organization, people in your people, people in your company – there are rules that are in place to protect those people and those rules really dictate what you can or can't do. Right. And the compliance side of HR, their job is to know those rules and apply those rules in your organization, which is a, that, that is a very, it should be a very small component of what HR is doing for you. Correct. But it is also a very important component of right. what, what HR is Because once you. you set it, you can, You're, yeah, it's, it's, done. it's done, right? It's done. I know that I will never hire a dishwasher in my company that will ever be treated as an independent contractor. Right. Don't ever have to think about it again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So takeaways, make sure that you understand those rules. If you don't understand those rules, make sure that you have somebody in your corner, like a Greg, like an HR support person um, who does understand those rules and is actively thinking about your, your organization and how those rules could apply to you. Um, and if you haven't done it yet, write down all of your, all of your roles. Um, these are all the types of people that work in my company and go through that process. Um, you can find some support, uh, um, documents, some, some guidance, some help documents, I should say on our website, works.com, W H I R K S.com. We've written extensively about salaries and, uh, salary versus hourly. We've written extensively about independent contractor versus employees. So you can find some different articles there that will help you as well as I believe we have a checklist of, these are all of the questions and kind of how the outcomes of those questions really determine 
classification. So there's some resources for you on works.com uh, and you can uh, follow up with that. But make sure that you're documenting each of those roles and how that, that role does get defined and categorized as it relates to independent contractors versus employees. Absolutely. So very good. Thanks for coming, Greg. It's always good to talk to you. For all you guys listening, we really appreciate your audience. Um, if you have any questions or want to reach out, you can always hit us up at, uh, on email at onestepbetter at patrickaccounting.com or onestepbetteratworks.com as well as all of our social media channels. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.